Okay, so we are studying today Parashat Tetzaveh. Tetzaveh is a, is a clear continuation of Parashat Terumah, in that Parashat Terumah talked about the construction of the Mishkan and what would go in, not the actual construction, but the commands for the construction, the requirements for how it was to be constructed. The actual construction happens later in Parashat Vayakil. And Parashat Tetzaveh is the instruction for the Kohanim. So it opens up with the instruction for them to make pure olive oil that can be used to light the menorah. As you were saying, where do they get fuel from? So uh, oil was probably a source of it. But, uh, but they would get olive oil for lighting the menorah. And then it goes through the vestments of the Kohanim, what they are supposed to wear, because they have specific garbs that they are to wear. And then it finishes off with the inauguration of the Kohanim, the process of inauguration, the korbanot that were brought, and the whole thing that was that made them Kohanim, <clears throat> that brought them into the service. The the direct comparison to the end of last week's parasha and the beginning of this week's parasha, it's I don't think there is much of a connection. Uh, we could quickly read the mafti from last week's parasha. It describes the size of the chatzer. So the length of the chatzer was 100 amot. It was 50 amot wide. And uh, it it was 5 amot tall. And it was made of linen. And it had copper beams. And it had copper sockets and silver beams. And all of the uh, the vessels of the mishkan. In all of its service. And all of the, the, the vessels were made out of copper. Okay. Sorry, it wasn't the... Was it silver beams? Let's see. They're covered with silver, but they're not, it's not a thing. Okay. Okay. So that's the end of Parashat Tunwah. Welcome. Happy Friday. We're ready for Shabbat. Now we open up Parashat Tetzaveh. Let's see uh, how far we can get into Parashat Tetzaveh, and then we'll stop and we'll point out a, a deep idea. Okay, Pasuk Kaf. And you, who is the who is Hashem speaking to? And you, Moshe. you speaking to Moshe, right? Moshe, command Bnei Israel, and they should take for you pure olive oil that was crushed just to be lit, so that you can light a lamp, kindle a lamp continually. And in the, in the tent of meeting, outside the, the parochet, what's the parochet? Yeah. Parochet is the division between the Kodesh Kodeshim and the Kodesh, okay? Going back. Uh... Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to keep everyone on their toes. So uh, right outside the parochet, that is next to the edut. What is the edut? The edut is a reference to the to the luchot uh, ha'edut or the aron ha'edut, which houses the luchot ha'edut. So right next to the partition, which is covering the edut, Aaron shall arrange the oil and the candles from evening to to morning. This is an eternal law for their generations. Uh, from B'nai Israel. So what does it mean, chukat olam? Also another key word in this pasuk. 
Chukat Olam is something that doesn't, uh, you know, you could have a law that applies to Bnei Israel in the desert or only in Eretz Israel, which would be like putting the blood on the doorpost, right? But a Chok is something that lasts forever. A Chok is, a, is an ever-changing law that would apply at all times and for all, uh, you know, in future generations. Okay, Pasuk Aleph. So that was the first part of the parasha. is just a command to bring, to make olive oil for the Kohanim to light the menorah uh, continually. Now, the menorah, the construction of the menorah, we've already been instructed how to do. Yes. Why is the service of the menorah now described in this parasha? Because this is the parasha of the Kohanim, and that's the job of the Kohanim. Okay. So the, the breakdown of the parashot is very logical. And the fir, this first tirumah was for the construction. Tetzaveh uh, is the duties of the Kohanim. Okay. So the next part of the parasha, the main, the main section of the parasha, is about the clothing of the Kohanim, yes. what they're supposed to wear. So... You shall bring to you Aaron, your brother, and his sons with him, mitoch bnei Israel from amongst bnei Israel, to be kohanim for me. Aaron, Nadav, Avihu, El Azar, Beitamar, Bnei Aaron. Five people: Aaron, Nadav, Avihu, El Azar, Itamar. So we're going to start with five, and we're going to end up with three because it's going to be only El Azar and Itamar that remain after Parashat. Which Parashat did it happen in? It happened in Shemini. No? I think it's, yes. Yes. Shemini, because that's the Shemini am, is the I end am. of the inauguration. Let's see. That's the inauguration. Yes, you're correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in Parsha Shemini in chapter Yud, Pasuk Aleph. It's in Aliyah Shlishi of Shemini. Okay. You shall make holy vestments, holy clothing for Aaron, your brother, for honor and for splendor. Honestly, if we're going to look into it, we should explore what lechavod ultifaret means. Like, really, what is lechavod ultifaret? Let's see if Rashi says anything. To give. Lechavod, to give them for glory and for splendor. Yes. What does that mean, though? Like royalty, the king of Israel would not have such a vestment that the Quran had. Right. The king, of, the king of Israel could only carry a Torah with him. That's yeah. Instead, the Quranim, they had, they were dressed like a, like a real king. Right. So it goes to show the importance of clothing. No, no, it does. It does. It goes to show the, that by by wearing proper clothing, you you. Uh, you show a certain level of dignity, and that's that's Am Yisrael's way of recognizing the the, the glory of the Kohanim. It's that they're dressed also, in a unique way. Just don't tell my wife this because the Kohanim had to also look different than everybody else. Because everybody, when he would walk in any room, they had, you know it would be like yeah, it's like a, yeah, yeah. But there there is a lot chief, of the chief 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 rabbi is coming in. There's a lot of psychology behind that. People who dress well, and I, I'm not afraid to say this in this class, uh, people who dress well. It, it, it changes their own psychology. Yes, it, it for sure. It makes them feel like uh, they're, sure. they're, they're, they have more dignity. You should yeah. see me in the morning when I want to... Whenever, whenever you wear your three-piece. Yeah, sure. Right, there's, uh, there's a lot of kavana. Okay, yeah, my... Uh, Especially on Friday for Shabbat. I, I'm not as concerned with what I wear, but my wife is. And you should 
happy wife, happy life. Right. Remember, so then I, should, uh, I should wear a three-piece like Giacomo. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You want my tailor? I send you. <laughs> I don't know if I can afford your tailor. Okay. Pasuk Gimel. And you shall speak to all of the wise men. That not... It's not, Chachme Lev is not wise, actually. I'm I'm, I'm being, I'm being, that was a bad transition. Chachme Lev is... The ones who have the gift of being artists. Yeah, Chacham, it's a very specific Chochmah we're talking about. This is the Chochmah of, of art, artistry or whatever, or or design. Jewelers. Yeah. Sewers. Yeah, the sewers. All the people who have an, uh, an, an eye for artisanship. Or whatever the word is, that I fill them with a spirit of, of, of intelligence. I won't say wisdom because it's not wisdom. I'll, I'll, I'll get more on that in a second. And they'll make the clothing of Aaron to sanctify him, uh, or to make him separate would be the best way to translate it. To separate him, to be the coin for me. Now, first of all, there's something that's uh, very important for me to say because I it's a very important uh, idea that I always think about is. Listen to whom is being called Chacham in this Pasuk. The artists. Now, I remember from school that the kids who were the best at taking tests and at memorizing information, which would be the kids who got the best grades, were definitely not necessarily the best artists. Correct. Okay? So what's interesting is that in our school system, a Chacham, an intelligent person, is someone who can memorize information well and take tests or do a math equation and get it right. But can he do the, other? the person who is an artist, which is a completely different form of intelligence, it's not really recognized in our school system. Unfortunately, not only the school system. Every, and everything. everything, exactly. <laughs> but in the Torah... It is, it's describing it is. these people as chacham. Now, does, do these chachamim, like Bitzalel, the one who is involved in all of the construction of the Mishkan, does it necessarily mean that he was a Talmud chacham as well? Does it mean that he knew the Torah by heart? Does it mean that he was an expert in halakha and determining halakha for people? No, he probably does not necessarily mean that. Maybe he was, but it doesn't mean that. Correct. Correct. And that's not what was important about him. What was important about Bitzalel was his creativity and his ability to design. Gift that he had about that. Exactly. So this is a very, very important lesson for determining what to call intelligence because they're in society, at different times, different forms of intelligence will be valued more. You know? So right now we live in a time of, uh, of relative wealth and, and we're not in a society in which, uh, in which physical strength is necessary at all. If you want to succeed in, in America, do you need to be big, strong, and burly? No, you need to be intelligent and, and aggressive and uh, competent in business. That's how you succeed in America, right? So, so in different societies, different kinds of intelligence become valued. In our society, there's a very, very specific kind of intelligence that's valued, which is like a test-taking intelligence. At least that's what's valued in our school system. But this causes a lot of issues because there are various forms of intelligence. There, there's a... There is a thing like that. Yeah, exactly. There's this thing with the uh, right side and left side. Which side is which again? Left is creativity. Left right is creativity and right is more rational thought and, and deduction, right? So. But I agree with you that you should. Now, now where, where, when does this become an issue? It becomes an issue when there are kids that struggle in school. Yes. 
But and and because we value only one form of intelligence so much, the kids that struggle in school they feel like they're worthless because they're they lose but, their, their self confidence. But that's not right because there are multiple forms of intelligence. The Torah calls the chacham the person who is wise about life is called the chacham. The person who is a good artist is called the chacham, and the person who knows Torah is called the chacham. And there are three different types of intelligence right there. You know, so so when a person isn't good in one form of intelligence, that is not, that is not good. He still has yeah. So so it's very important for society to recognize that we should be careful not to only value one sliver of intelligence. And in the Torah, it's not the Torah is more is more aware than that, right? So this is a form of chokmah. Now here's the Torah is aware about this. Now here's another thing. Wow. Is there is there a, yeah? It is it is it is beautiful. Okay, here's another thing I want to discuss, which I also is, uh, is, is a very important topic. In the Jewish world today, how do you see very often that artists, that, artists that, that can create creative things and that know how to paint and things like that, is their work attributed any religious significance? No. Not really, right? So, only, typically, I'll, only, t- I'll tell you. They paint uh, religious, uh, maybe religious. Uh, right. Uh, so, so I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's what. Fair. So I'll tell you. Maybe an art of uh, speaking. It's not. It's not even an. Maybe it's an art form to speak, but it's like a stretch to call speaking an art form. What's really valued today in the Jewish world? What's really valued? The, one, the person who knows how to study Torah and teach yes. Torah, right? The one who's the most. As as a religious Jew. The one who is most valued is the Tamil Chacham, yes. who can sit, yes. who, who typically has that book smart intelligence that was valued in school yes, also. Correct. You know? The same, the same is the same. The same intelligence is valued in the Jewish world today as what we value in the schools. So now, I've always, I've always struggled with this, and I'm, I'm obviously I'm not like, uh, this is what I, I'm good at. I'm, I'm not an artist. It's not my form. No, never, I wasn't given with. You never tried. You know? I, I, I tried, Maybe actually. Tried. Maybe you're going to be a Picasso for us. Ah, no, I, I doubt it. Um, so, so what, what's the, the backstory behind this? Why is it that, first of all, I have a theory as to why this is. Second of all, there's something interesting that I, I want to point out about, about whether this is the best, whether this is optimal. So the reason I think, first of all, that, that rabbinic intelligence is the most respected and the most valued thing is, A, a because there's a lot of chazal that talk about how important it is, so we have some bias in that sense, but B, because most of the Torah, most of the yahadut that we recognize is yahadut of outside Eretz Israel. It's yahadut of the galut. Now, in the Galut, when you're not in Eretz Israel, what is the most important thing? What is the most important thing? Not to assimilate. Not to assimilate. Not to assimilate. So the preservation of, of the Torah values. For the Torah to not be forgotten is the most important thing you can do by far. The only way you can survive. So if you're in survival mode, and Yahadut is in survival mode, which it always is in the Galut, then what becomes the most important person? The person who could preserve the Torah and teach the Torah. So the, the rabbi who Correct. teaches the Torah, right? Correct. So that's my theory on why it's become this way. Now, if you look at the Torah, we call the Chacham, the person who is, there is room in the Torah for artists also. You see in the construction of the Mishkan, you see in the construction of the Beit HaMikdash. But in Galut, it's, we have less of a use for it. Now, the, the final thing is that I don't think that is 
optimal prime Yahadut. I don't think that's the epitome of what Yahadut should be. I think the Yahadut that obsesses over survival misses out on a lot of other things that can be Yahadut as well. So that's why I'm, the final thing I want to say is that the beauty of the fact that we have Eretz Israel is that for the first time in 2,000 years, can have the... Jews are not obsessed over survival. I mean, they're obsessed over survival like physically from their enemies. But in terms of their values and the knowledge of Torah, there is no real concern of assimilation in Eretz Israel. It's all Jews. There's practically zero risk. In fact, artists, you have so many different. And, and what what it's ha what's happening is, I think it's giving room for Yahadut to flourish in ways that it can't flourish in the Galut. So we may see again a revival of the of artwork that is valued within the Jewish thing. And if you look in Israel, you'll find there there is a beautiful. Crea creativity is, is, I think it is more valued in Israel in than there are schools of art. To, just to give you an example, the school of art, one of the most famous schools of art is called the Bitzalel school of art, you know, after the character who built the Mishkan. So it's a beautiful thing that the Yahadut is able to flourish again in a way where it was never able to, to flourish in the Galut. It's almost like in the Galut, we're kind of missing out on a lot of Yahadut. We're, we're locked into this box of obsessing over preservation when there is so much more to life. And then, and and then, then Yahadut starts to really become beautiful because it imbues every element of life. Yahadut isn't something, you know, today in the Galut, if a kid wants to become an artist, you say, yeah, well, we're concerned about preservation, so go to the yeshiva. Yes. But if a kid in it's Israel cool. wants to become an artist, we no say, problem. if you do it in line with the will of God, if you're going to be like Bitzalel, who, who did his artwork in the service of God and used it Lishem Shemaim and didn't turn it into Abu Dazara, by all means, that's, that's also Yahadut. That's part of the Jewish experience. And Yahadut becomes more imbuing every element of life with holiness rather than constricting our lives to the very narrow field of Torah study. That's what happens in Eretz Israel. Okay, so it's a very interesting topic. Baruch Adonai Amen. 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 Amen.